Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Search, Deploy, Commit. I'm here again today as your host, Jack, and I'm here with the Reefer Man, who uh, is a really interesting player that I met over a uh, Diplo game, and he had a really interesting format, so I really wanted to have him on the show. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Hello, uh, pleasure to be here. Excellent. Well, hey, I, uh, I, I know we'll kind of get into, you know, your game hosting abilities and some of the things that you've done inside of Warzone, but f fill me in a little bit on, you know, yourself and, and how you came to join Warzone. I always like to ask and hear oh, stories yeah. about uh, how uh, people got started in the game. I, uh, the name escapes me, but I was, uh, I started uh, with Warzone's predecessor. I think it was Warlight. Warlight, okay. Yeah, and um, a buddy of mine in high school, he showed me Warlight, and I was like, gosh, this is awesome. And uh, I started playing it, and I was hooked ever since, and uh, I would join these Diplo games. And, like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, and it was really the RP aspect of these games that really grew in uh, my interest. And um, mm. I actually never started making maps until uh, Warzone. But it was the same deal there. I just love the role play. Nice. So, so it was a friend from from high school. Do you guys still play consistently together, or is it sort of something you've just continued on with? Um, he was uh, playing for a long time, but actually this year he kind of dropped out. Uh, okay. Life has been getting busy for him. Of course. Yeah. Nope. That makes sense. You know, I think uh, what's cool about the game is you can come back pretty easily too if you'd ever want to. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously I, I want to ask, how did you come up with the title of the Reefer Man? Um, so I was a stoner for a while, but I always tell people that it was a, it's a reference to an old song from the twenties by Cab Calloway. Huh. That's really interesting. It's an interesting song too. We'll have to, I'll have to look that up and, and pull up. I feel like I, I, I feel like that's a song I should know. Is that a pretty widely known song, or is am I? Is this something he's that's... he's done another one called "Many of the Moocher that's been this way more widely uh, known. Okay, huh? That's really interesting. Well, now we'll all have to go listen and find out. Definitely. <laughs> so, so when you started playing the game, you were doing diplos right away, right? Is that what you're saying? You were doing diplos and role playing, and actually, it uh... first started off with. Um, me and my buddy were just farming levels off each other. Okay. Gotcha. Just getting up in levels so you could have more access in the game. Yeah. And um, I think it was, uh, I don't remember the game, but he was the one who started getting me into the multiplayer. Okay. Gotcha. So then it, it kind of just went from doing that first to get more access and then starting to, to play in more multiplayer games. How yeah. did you get started as a as a game host? I know you said you you started playing Warlight and then it changed into Warzone, and that's about when you started. <clears throat> like, how did that begin? So um, it was honestly um, I joined the Diplo, and I I don't like to call people out like this, but I did not like how the host was doing it. He mm -hmm. um, he basically just hosted, um, gave himself the biggest slot. And gotcha. um, it was a pretty grudge match, a grueling war. And I came out of it like, you know, I can do better than that. Hmm. And uh, I honestly uh, 
like I, I love history and I started building these off of a, from a historical mindset hmm. and I've just really loved it ever since. That's great. Do you remember your first map that you started hosting? I've hosted a lot. <laughs> um, not really. Okay. No, just, I was just out of curiosity and, and I guess, so I was, my next question was going to be where your ideas come from as a game host, but it sounds like history has a pretty big effect on how you set up your games or maybe even a futuristic mindset, but with a historical background, I'm guessing. Yeah. I love history. I've done, um, I've done both world, uh, both world wars. I've, I've wanted to do a Napoleonic war and I've done some based off video games Okay, um, gotcha, sure. Yeah. So some some video game theme, obviously, and then, you know, Napoleonic War, I think that would be really interesting. Uh, that's not something I'm as quite as informed on, but uh, definitely a lot going on during that time. When yeah, you but, set up... Oh, go ahead. Uh, with that area, um, a lot of big nations, and I like have to keep my mm. players a little smaller, have really big games. Gotcha. Do you prefer to have like a large player count or do you prefer like, I mean, is eight to 10 perfect? Like is it, what would you say you prefer? I like to go above 20. Okay. Like I like to get a lot of people in there. So as many people can have fun as I can get. Okay. Ma maximize, maximize the fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> so when, when you set up these games, you know, what kind of planning, like, how do you go about determining it's going to have this set of rules or, uh, you know, I'm sure some of it's history based, but like even cards, I think when I host a, a game or try to host a game, you know, there's just so many options. How do you set up your games? What is your sort of thought process as you're going through the whole thing? Well, usually I like to try to recreate a certain era, like be it World War One, World War II, um, even Cold War. I start off with what the um, how the situation looked on a map, and um, I do a little bit of tweaking and for uh, simplicity's sake, and um, I just throw it out there and uh, let the game run. And then I, once the game's finished, is like, how could I improve? Hmm. I mean, as as far as improving, you know, do you feel like? some players are really vocal or like when they share something like, is it, how do you manage some of those feedbacks that maybe aren't great, uh, you know, and apply it to your next games? A lot of the feedback that I've gotten has been about how the rules are, were set up and how they can change. Like mm. when I was first uh, started hosting, I had like really complex rules and it just wasn't very feasible to manage. Mm. And over the over time, I've really drawn back as how many rules I've laid out there, and they've it's also uh, it's honestly gotten really basic with the rule set. Hmm. So, so like, give me an example. Like, basic rule set would be just declare before you attack, um, respect alliances. Like, if you have an alliance, you got to break the alliance before, hmm. and. No gift blocking, and that's pretty well the three rules that I consistently use nowadays. Stuck with. And maybe just for somebody that's not familiar with uh, gift blocking, maybe just a, a quick explanation as to what gift blocking would, would be called. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what, it, what that looks like. 
So let's say um, you were Spain and you were at war with Italy. Um, you would have a neutral player. You would gift a neutral player a piece of land in between um, you and your enemy. And it would kind of just complicate things because now Italy would have to declare on that player to even get access to Spain. Gotcha. And it's just not very fair. So forcing forcing a war almost between another country and yourself by gifting them in, hence the title gift blocking. Yes. Okay. And, you know, obviously, you know, one of the main things I, I really wanted to have you on here for was one of the games that you set up. I think it was probably our first game together that I, I connected. Maybe we had played in other matches together. I'm not really sure, but uh, it was this idea and we're still <laughs> we're still in the middle of this game. I so I don't know, know uh, how legal this is. Right. You know, alliances and things that are being made <laughs> in the game. But uh, tell us a little bit about your slow start and how you set that up. You know, this idea of a slow start Diplo game. Yeah, so um, I had started off making games where players would just start in like one or two territories and just spread out and take over stuff. Mm -hmm. But like um, you would end up with these mega nations and these mixed in with these really tiny nations and it just really wasn't too fair. So I had set it up to where you would start off. I tried to make them evenly spaced with like five or six territories making the same income and everything else was neutral and all those neutrals would have uh, 10 uh, armies on them for you to uh, really be strategic about where you expanded to maximize um, your income. Right. So basically starting out with <clears throat> very, very high um, just base positions. So it's not so easy to just quickly jump into one, space and then all of a sudden the map gets filled but instead your income's low you have to decide where to put your resources to expand and then obviously if it's a commerce game like this one is that you set up you have to decide if you're going to build cities or not versus expanding so i thought that part of the game made it really really interesting and and, and obviously you know kudos to you for for coming up with it i haven't seen anything like this and maybe it's been around for a while but uh, really uh, enjoying the game currently. You know, I think uh, it, it's a it's a long game, obviously, but I think for people that really enjoy <laughs> long games, I think it's a, a really cool idea. And I think, um, you know, more people should be aware of, of this type of creation. So thank you for, for setting that up. Of course. Like, I, I really am enjoying this game. It's turning out to be one of the longest games <laughs> yeah. I've ever been in. Like, we're on turn 101 right now. Right, right. And it is nowhere near ending. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, some people, I mean, and I this game in particular, you know, uh, there's uh, so many cities being put up. I've never seen this many cities before. And uh, it, it, after a while, it started to feel a little bit like a chore to do the cities. But the the big scheme of the game, I think, is so it, it's like worth it to just continue playing uh, from my perspective. So my feedback would be, you know, great job. And even just the way alliances are set up and and the way things go inside the game, I think, is really, really interesting. And I'm not going to try and get into details here because, you know, God forbid. We, yeah, it we is an active game. <laughs> <laughs> we could do something to affect the game on this uh, podcast. 
but uh, yeah, I guess, you know, to continue on this conversation, um, you know, is there any, any stories maybe from past games or, you know, moments? Cause I think in any diplomacy or role-playing game, you know, the, the reason that people play this version of, of Warzone is the stories, right? So is yeah. there any, anything that stands out to you maybe from a previous game, like a story or something that happened? Uh, maybe if you just share your, yeah, your uh, favorites. I was playing, uh, I think this is the second longest game that I was in and um, I was Ukraine. Mm. And uh, like I was aggressively expanding for a while, trying to make as many alliances as I could to back me up. Uh, UK um, was getting really big and I had an alliance with Germany hmm. and Germany was the strongest player in the game and it ended up being um, me and Ukraine uh, no sorry me and UK fighting for the rest of Russia after they had dropped hmm. and what I'm really proud of is I was... I was the underdog, like UK had way more income than me. Sure. But I still somehow managed to win the battle and take mm. Russia. And, and did that end up forcing uh, a game win at that point, taking all of that land? I would have, but honestly, uh, a bunch of people kind of forgot about the game and people started dropping. Gotcha. Which, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, I think those those even those moments right in unfinished games you know i think about one diplo game that really got me hooked on the genre you know this format of the game and i didn't even win like i was probably one of the final players but i didn't i was nowhere close to winning almost right <laughs> but just some of the memories that are made or part of the stories that happen i think is interesting how do you think we could improve upon that so that the games maybe either finish before people, you know, become uninterested or booted, what are your thoughts on, you know, the Diplo community sort of having a known problem with this? Well, some of it is just simply commitment, but of course, like mm -hmm. life gets busy, and I understand that. Yeah. Um, for a while, I was using an automatic boot, mm -hmm. and um, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine who was like, you know, life happens, and. I'm sorry I got booted, but had shit I got to take care of. And I was like, you know, I understand that. Hmm. And I honestly stopped using auto boot. Hmm. I know um, I've waited a long time for people and they would take their turn. Hmm. Life happens. And that's yeah. something I feel like other people should realize that this is just a game. There are far more important things out there. But we, um, as long as we stay committed to the games that we're in, it'll, it'll be worth it. Right. So, so you're, you're recommending we maybe take off the auto boot or maybe make it longer or something to help keep or give those opportunities to players that are taking a longer time to, to make their turns. Yeah. Cause you're right. Life happens. And like, before I ever decide to boot someone, like I'll actually see when they're active. Um, mm. I do, I do think about the level they are like, I'm more likely to boot, um, lower level people because it's harder for the lower levels to really get into it i kind of feel mm. a lot of um level blocks in the game sure yeah that makes sense what um 
you know, are maybe some some tips. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about it, but you know, talking about new players, I think I think everybody that's committed to Warzone wants to help new players more so in the game. What is something you think would be a good tip to share for somebody that's newer to Warzone or maybe somebody that's interested in getting into Diplo role-playing games, but they don't maybe know how to start hosting or maybe even just start playing in a Diplo game? What's a, some tips you could share? Well, I'm always a history kind of guy, and I've if you're going to play a certain nation, I would definitely recommend um, doing a little research on their history. Hmm. Like um, I'm an American and I um, I play UK sometimes and I've had to do a lot of research like on UK laws and stuff like that just so I could better um, role play it effectively. Hmm. And uh, another thing I feel like is if you really want to get into um, these role play kind of games, just go for it. I know a lot of people who have gotten into it have been kind of awkward at the start, but then they turned out to be some really good role players. Mm. So just give it a shot. Uh, it's not as it's not as bad as you think it is. Nah. <laughs> so I, I guess that's a, I think that's a great answer. Uh, you know, as a as a long time player, I mean, at least the last couple of years, I know you've been playing. Uh, what are some things you would like to see improved in the community or in the game itself? I mean, obviously, as a as a game host, there's lots of things that you have control of at your fingertips. Um, but maybe what are some things you've been like, oh, I wish I could have this for the game or I wish players would do this or what's something you'd like to see more of? Two of my – well, one that really isn't a peeve, but my first one would be the chat system. I can see a lot of improvements coming through uh, the chat system, making um making like an alliance chat, just like whole chat sections that can be created and deleted by the players would be really nice. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. An alliance chat, so you could set up sort of a sub chat with certain groups inside of the game instead of mm-hmm. having to jump out to Discord or something. Exactly. Yeah, that's smart. Um, there is some stuff that gets done by mods, like the Alliance mod. I don't remember what it is, Oh, yeah. but, um, just something that would make it a bit easier to keep track of who's allied to who, who's at war with who, because, you know, uh, back to that Europe slow start game, it's been going on since March. Yeah. And, um, if it was more players than it is now, it would be really hard to keep track of, even for mm-hmm. me as a host. Right. Yeah, and I I, know, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the um, the 200 player host uh, interview that I had, but they they talked about. I mean, they have spreadsheets and you know a whole Discord server. Like it's it's a lot going on. <laughs> and and I think you're right. Some of these things that could be improved upon in game would be uh, you know a great improvement for players um, just to help set up some of these massive stories that you guys are, are creating. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things you can kind of do it when you set up the game is I'd like to see logistics play more of a role. Hmm. Like um, if you're uh, fighting someone and your army's getting circled, like you could just deploy troops 
right on top of that circle vent. But I'd like to see um, surrounding troops play more of an effect on the more strategic side of it. I see. So you're saying if you were to surround uh, one location, there would be an attack bonus for yeah. something like that. Interesting. Hmm. And like the way I've dealt with that is um, through um, local deployment games where you actually have to, um, you know, deploy sure. in your bonuses and then you have to manually move all those troops there. If something gets in circle, you're not going to be able to get any more troops there. Huh. That's a really interesting idea. I mean, and I'm going to ask you a question because I've I've tried to host a couple games Um I shouldn't probably let that get too far out. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I've tried. Um, and some of them I've really wanted to set up local deployments, but depending on the map, sometimes it's hard to, uh, you know, make sure you take off all the massive bonuses. Um, are there any specific maps that you've found it's easier to use local deployments on? Smaller maps, definitely. Um, okay. I find local deployment games can't be really big they got to be smaller mm. player count because like i've thought about going through like the big maps and like manually changing all the overlapping bonuses sure but i've just decided to be um too much work for um just too much work for it gotcha yeah no i just i figured i'd, I'd ask your opinion because i think local deployments uh really good uh, set up for maybe a Diplo game because you're right, it, it affects where you put your troops holding those positions is far more important than, uh, and you see that in, in games like, you know, Medium Earth from a competitive standpoint too so I yeah. think it makes it really interesting uh, What what about Warzone, you know, for you has really you know, stood out. Obviously, we've probably talked about some of these things, but there's so many games, and like you said, you know, life gets busy, but what is it about the game that keeps bringing you back uh, to play again and again? Oh, uh, first of all, it's the stories that, like, we as players generate in those role-playing games. Like, I find those uh, very interesting. Like, there's this one game I think you're in where I am the UK, and we're playing with basically nuclear power and turning uh people into mutants and making it like fallout and like <laughs> where else would you find that right and then there's just the uh, experimentation that goes on with the maps too like all of the different kinds of um games peel players host like you wouldn't find that anywhere else yeah the the creativity from the game host that comes out uh, you know, obviously, like yourself, um, I think just makes Warzone so unique. So thank you for being a part of the game. And thank you for for sharing your ideas. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I look forward to seeing the uh, the end date of our game. What do you think? Uh, you have a guess for when our game will end this slow <laughs> start game? We've been playing since March. It's now August. We're 100 turns in. <laughs> Honestly, like I could see it going to turn 200, if not 175. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, and everybody, I mean, I think you're, you're right. In some ways, everybody in the group's got to be committed to some level, right? And I think this mm -hmm. group is, at this point, right, we're all pretty committed, so. <laughs> and like, 
I know I had to recently boot someone from that game, which right. which honestly sucked because um, it was really late in the game. Mm-hmm. But I just like there's a balance between booting people and then keeping the game moving. Yeah, and that's right. honestly one of the hardest things about being a host is maintaining that balance. Right. Right, and making sure you're doing right by everybody else that's playing. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, you're doing a great job as a host, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. And uh, thank you so much for, for joining me on here. You know, obviously, uh, going to continue playing together. Um, <laughs> definitely. But uh, we'll definitely see you on the battlefield. And uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me on. I can't wait for more battles to come. right exactly and thank you all for listening to the channel please check us out on youtube and all of our other socials uh we're definitely looking forward to continuing to create more warzone content for everybody thank you guys for listening and we'll see you in the next one